Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, Terrors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Teresa. And you're listening to Terra Astralis. This is the second episode we're going to upload. Um, we're recording three episodes in a day, so yeah. we're a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be exhausted, but the last episode that we're recording is real short, sharp, shiny. It's probably going to be like 20, it's be 25 minutes. Episode. And um, it's sort of going to be a palate cleanser. Oh, for sure. Because this episode is going to tear your heart out and put it in a dumpster fire. Yes. Let's put a trigger warning Absolutely here. Absolutely trigger warning. There will be discussion of domestic violence in this episode. I don't know anything about this case, by the way. This is just what it Rachel has told me. Absolutely horrific. So, trigger warning. If you think that you'll be triggered by domestic, like talking about domestic violence, you do not have to listen to this. Episode. Please don't. We're gonna have one. We would have had one out last week. We'll have one out next week. Don't like. Don't, don't force yourself. Don't force yourself to. Don't put yourself in that just like that position. No. Um, this was a very triggering case for me, as Teresa knows. Yeah. And it's, like, screwed with my head a lot. So, like, don't force yourself to do it. That being said, there will be some... There'll be a link in the show notes for um, domestic violence helplines. I've got a website which links all of the um, resources in each individual country. So no matter where you are, you can find... I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's not even like a proper organisation. It's just a page that decided to do an article on that. That's so good. Um, It's a coronavirus update. So it is the updated version because what we don't think about is, you know, like I've heard other people say this and it is like really eye-opening. With all of this pandemic stuff going on, we're like isolated. We're in quarantine. A lot of people are quarantined with their abuses. Shit, I'd never thought and about that. Nobody thinks about it until you're it's either pointed out. Yeah, yeah. It's a very scary situation. Fuck. So if you are in that situation, you're not alone. No. So many people go through the same thing as you do. Like you will be heard. You're not stuck. You can get out, and there are people who are willing and want to help you. Exactly. So like, don't don't force yourself to stay. Don't, don't convince let them. yourself that you deserve it because you don't. Don't let them convince you that you need to stay because you don't. No, they're a piece of shit. They can burn yeah. in hell. Exactly. Yeah. So this case hits very close to home for me. Oh. I've been in a really toxic and violent relationship that I got out of 
semi-recently. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. I'm in a very happy and healthy relationship now. It's very bizarre, actually. <laughs> you really went from polar opposites. Oh, my God. It was very bizarre, and it's been a very big learning experience because I have had absolutely no idea what any of it means. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of, like, sitting in the middle going, Rachel, it's okay. You deserve to be treated it's well. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it can be very, very scary. And another thing is a lot of people will say, like, why would you let someone abuse you? Why would you stay? I think that every single person has had at least one relationship where you can look back and be like, why did I stay so long? Yeah. Not necessarily super toxic or, like, anything to do with violence, but just where, you know, like, they cheated on you and you went back. Or, you know, like, they just they just didn't treat you as well as you thought you want that you should deserve and you stayed a little too long. It's you like know? that thing when you leave a relationship. I've definitely oh, done yeah. this. You look back and, and you're like, what was I doing? No, um, but when you leave a relationship and all you think about are the good things and oh, none yeah. of the bad parts. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely did that. And I'm so sorry to the guy I did that to. Yeah. Him and I are on good terms now. Yeah. But I felt really bad at the time and I still do. The other thing is, is... I'm playing myself to be like a player. I, damn, she's not. She's I'm in not. A very serious I, relationship. I've been in a relationship for over a year and a half now. I'm not a player. I just thought. Yeah. Also, yeah. I sound like an actual man. Um, <laughs> I just didn't address that because we've already addressed it in the episode that we've just recorded. Then, but I um have been inhaling really bad stuff at work. She dropped her balls. Yep. Yep. That's what happened. <laughs> going through a sex change. <laughs> oh, we'll fuck. update the names for the uh, podcast. <laughs> I've been inhaling stuff at work, and it's been really bad and trying on my lungs. I'm working on getting some better protection for myself at work, but I do sound like a man for the time being. It's not that bad. You actually, to me, you don't sound sick. Like, when you yeah. cough, you obviously do, but it doesn't sound like you're, like, yeah. like a cold sick. My voice is, it's just, like, I'm not properly sick. My voice is just very, like... Husky. Yeah, my yeah. airways are very irritated. Yeah. So, like, my throat's very swollen. I am coughing and stuff like that. But, like, apart from that, it's just, yeah. It's, it's not, like, really bad hay fever. Can you take Panadol? I can. I think I have Panadol in my bag. Yeah, I've been taking it. Does. <laughs> okay. No there was actually a study recently that said, like, how ineffective Panadol is. Really? Yeah. Oh. That'll, that'll explain it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really know sucks. Like, I normally take Panadol on my period. I don't like taking painkiller. But when it's really bad and since I got off the pill, my periods are a lot worse than what I thought they mm. were. And so, like, I normally take Panadol because I'm like, oh, ibuprofen's, like, for the more intense stuff. Mm. But Panadol, I'm kind of sitting there like, yeah, it, it's kind of working, but, like, not the best. Neurofen does work a lot better. It's, but Panadol, um, yeah. I can't take Neurofen. We buy her brand. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... I was on like a tangent. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I always the other thing, sorry. The other thing is, is when you leave a relationship, you think that, like, you're like, well, I'm gonna have to start over with someone new. Yeah. Here's the thing. Every relationship that I've gotten out of, that has been my biggest thought is, well, I don't want to start over with someone new. Like, I've got to. They've got to know me. They've got to know all this. You've got to tell them all the Here's bad the parts or the good parts. Yeah. My current boyfriend knew the same amount of, like, he knew me better in two weeks than any of my previous relationships have in multiple years. Yeah. In those 
two weeks, he learnt more about me, he understood me better than my relationship of two years. So... Probably because he was actually actively listening. He was. And that was what, like, drew me to him is because I mentioned something and he go, and he just, like, was like, oh, yeah, like, what about? And I was like, hey, <laughs> you, you want to know? <laughs> You're so not going to block me out? <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, you deserve a healthy relationship. It is out there. And you deserve someone who treats you the same way that you treat them. Yeah. Like, it's... You're not incapable of love. You deserve better. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. There will be some resources at the end of this episode. Like, I will put it in the show notes so that you can go there and check it out. It's got, like I said, all the resources for your individual country. Because I know that not all of our listeners are from Australia or the US. So, I just wanted to make sure that it was catered to... Everyone. All, like it was yeah. national so um definitely check them out the other thing is if you call the police line in your country they are trained to understand situations where you aren't allowed to speak actively to them yeah have you where seen you those, can like, um, cough into the receiver or you can order a pizza yeah or, the pizza you know, yeah like they're, they're trained to understand that language. They're trained to ask yes and no questions. Yes. So don't ever feel like you don't have anyone to reach out to. There are people who can help you. You're not alone. You can get out. Like It will take some time to rebuild, but I promise you are so much better off. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. So this case is gut-wrenching. Yeah. Absolutely gut-wrenching. It's not going to be a super long case. Obviously, we will be talking about, like, the psychological damages of domestic violence and all that and how an abuser does have a hold over his victim, his or her victim. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very violent. It's very psychologically damaging. So if you do want to skip it, I... Feel free yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be offended. I will also put a trigger warning before I talk about what happened properly so that you can listen up to a certain point and skip it if you want to. Yeah. Up to you. Not going to be very long, but it is going to be very intense. So this is the torture and murder of Kelly Ann Bates. So I'm going to go into the background on Kelly Ann Bates a a little bit. There's not too much. Her parents haven't really been very vocal about what happened. They've just sort of, you know, like been dealing with it in their own way. Unfortunately. No parent wants to go through that. Unfortunately, her mother did pass away fairly recently. But they weren't super vocal about it. They did, like, a few interviews. But they, you know, they were grieving internally. And that's absolutely fine. So there's not a lot about her early life. I don't think any parent would want to sit there in front of a camera and talk about their daughter and what happened to them. I certainly wouldn't. Absolutely not. So the fact that they did that alone... Oh, yeah. ...is such a big thing. And all the interviews that they did do with them was not really about the early life and their home life it was about what actually happened it would be advocating for absolutely yeah and that's what they are trying to do so any sort of media appearance they were doing was to advocate for that and to help other people through that as well so um i just need to move real quick it's gonna (laughs) again we're on a leather couch because we are recording at my house still okay i'm good okay comfy yes okay very (laughs) Alright, Kelly Ann Bates was born on the 18th of May, 1978, in Haddersley, England, to Margaret and Tommy Bates. She had two brothers, and the family was very close, and Kelly was said to have her mother's heart of gold. They were just a very close 
loving family. A normal family. Yeah. Yeah. Just an average family. She was very sportal. Sport. Sportal. sportal. <laughs> I said that so confidently. You do. <laughs> she was very sporty. <laughs> I couldn't figure out if you're trying to say spoiled or sporty. No. I said it was such confidence. <laughs> sporty and social and she called herself a tomboy so she loved to like hang out with her brothers all Climb the time. the trees. Yeah she was just herself. Yeah. She loved being herself. She was very sporty. She was very outgoing. Everybody loved her. Her family described her as confident, independent and mature for her age. She was like well beyond her time. She was social. She just she loved doing what she, she wanted and being who she was. Yeah. yeah. And she was very close with her family and yeah, that was all good. And then at 14, she started, like, withdrawing a bit. I mean, as happens when, when you're going through puberty and yeah. all that. I so did. she started withdrawing a bit. At the same time, I have social anxiety. She, um, <laughs> she had told her family that she had a boyfriend and um, she was being a little bit secretive about it. So yeah. they were like, oh, you know, it's like it's just that typical teenage lovesick story. Like, she's more interested in him than she is in her schoolwork. Like, all that, you know, that that's a typical thing. They were like, she's being a typical teenager. She'll come back round. I feel like there's a catch. She started leaving the house and not coming back for days or time without telling them where she was. Right. So she was withdrawing a lot from them and from everyone. But they, again, just figured that it was just like the typical lovesick teenage yeah, story. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Now, I don't know whether to go into the relationship first or... No, you know what? I'm going to go into him. Okay. So, the reason that she was being so withdrawn is because she had gotten into a relationship with someone. How old was he? This was James Patterson Smith. Now, I'm going to call him Smith because his real name is James Patterson Smith and he is a piece of actual human garbage. Sorry. (laughs) He is the worst type of human being to ever exist. And the things that I would do to him if I ever saw him face to face and the things that I would do to him if this was my child. You and both. You you won't. We can tag team. There is. You'll you'll know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just call him Smith because... His real name is James Patterson Smith, but he went by Dave. That is what Kelly knew him as. That is what... So he was a manipulator as yes. well. Yes, so That's he... Great. Um, yeah. When she met him, he told her his name was Dave Smith and that he was 32 years old. She was 14 at the time. Now, we'll get into later about who he... Like, we'll, I'll let you was know. Was that his bit. actual age? It was not. Was he pretending to be younger or older? Younger. What the? He was actually no. like 33 years older than her. And he actually, so he lied about his age. He said he was 32. She was 14. Yeah. Um, he was actually one year older than her dad. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And her parents were not, like, they didn't know about this because obviously they hadn't met him. Yeah. She, they thought that she was just dating someone in school. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go into a bit of background on James Patterson Smith. I'm just going to call him Smith because he calls himself Dave. Fuck him. Fuck him. Doesn't deserve it. Smith was unemployed, living in the Gorton area of Manchester, and he had a long history of violent relationships. His previous marriage ended in 1980 after he subjected his wife to 10 years of beatings and abuse. Oh. Yep. His next relationship was with 20-year-old Tina Watson, 
who he dated between 1980 and 1982. Do we know how old the wife was for the 10 years? Like, do we know how old she, she was? She was his age. And okay. And you'll see... As he goes, he gets progressively younger right. with his relationships. Okay. As he gets older, he goes for younger women. Yeah. You'll see it's because he finds them easier to manipulate. Well, of course. That's why anyone yeah. would. He was a manipulative and violent bastard. Was he still alive? He's what? rotting in prison. Thank God. Oh, thank fuck. Because if he wasn't, if he was out right now, I'd, he'd be dead. He'd be, I need answers right now. He'd be gone. Is there he... is no way that he would make... Like, step foot out of prison without somebody killing him. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I need to ask this right now. I can't wait to the end. Is he granted parole? Not as of yet. He okay. was eligible for parole, I believe, in, like, 2019. He was not granted it. Okay. So, you'll see why. Okay. Never let that fucker out. Never. Never. My God. So, as he went, his relationships got... Younger and younger. So his next relationship was with 20-year-old Tina Watson, who he dated between 1980 and 1982. Tina described her role in the relationship as being his personal punching bag, this continuing even when she was pregnant with his child. What? So he would abuse her and beat her when she was pregnant. That makes me so mad. And he threatened to kill her and the child if she left as well. Abusers do. She said, at first it was now and again, just a little tap, but in the end it was every day. He would smack me in the face or hit me over the head with an ashtray. He would kick me in the legs or between the legs. She managed to escape from him, during which he attempted to drown her in the bathtub. Oh, fuck. All while she was pregnant? Um, I don't know what happened with the pregnancy. There's not much on okay. it. I'm not sure whether it w- didn't make it because of it, but I believe that she was able to escape... And she was able to, like, save herself and the child. Okay. I'm fairly certain on that. Not 100% sure, but you think? No, I'm fairly certain. I found it in in more sources than says otherwise that she was able to get away. Okay. And she was okay and her child was okay. Yeah. And she obviously then testified at the trial of the murder of Killian Bates. All of these women did. Bad bitch. All of these women, all of his previous relationships that he'd ever had, testified at the trial to say how much of a abusive, manipulative... Can we just mention right here how fucking strong those women are to be able to stand there and say that shit? And this next girl was 15 years old when they dated. And she also... Yeah, they all testified to make sure that... They wanted to make sure that he would never be able to do this to another woman. Good. Because as you see, he gets progressively worse. He gets progressively more Oh, they all do. And everybody knew who knew who he was knew it was going to get to this point. Yeah. And when you see how it ends, I think that it was always going to end this way. And it, I'm literally, oh, it ruins me. This case is If you absolutely need us to pause, we can pause. There might be a time where I literally okay. have to like choke out tears. So okay. Smith then started seeing 15-year-old Wendy Mottershead, who he also abused for the entirety of their relationship, at one point holding her under the water in the kitchen sink in an attempt to drown her. Yeah. After his relationship with Wendy ended... Smith met 14-year-old Kelly Bates, Kellyanne Bates, sorry, Kellyanne Bates, who was babysitting for one of his friends at the time, and he began grooming her. He started the relationship as the perfect gentleman, quote-unquote, as they all walking do. her home, showering her with affection, but the relationship was kept under wraps and, was not in- and he was not introduced to her family until two years later. So they had already been dating for two years by the time he was introduced to her family. So she was now 16. Yeah. They met when she was 14, and he was supposedly 
32. She was babysitting for one of his friends or whatever. Yeah. And he, you know, for that first two years, showered her with affection, told her he loved her, told her how special she was and... Played out to be the perfect boyfriend. Absolutely. Yeah. And was like, you know, I'm older than you. I can protect you. Like, I will give you all this life experience. Like, you, like you can trust me. I just want to protect you. All of that. So, two years later... So, Kelly had Smith... <laughs> <laughs> Kelly had met Smith under the name Dave, who was said to be 32 years old at the time. She'd made him out to be a classmate, and her parents had thought she was hiding the relationship from them because she was shy. They'd previously spoken to him on the phone, but they hadn't, like, picked his voice. So, I don't know, like, nobody's heard his voice. They don't, like... Obviously, Some boys do drop I don't their know, voice Well, earlier. yeah, you don't so... know whether he sounds younger, whether he was hiding it, or whether they thought he was, like, slightly older. Yeah. But... He might have had a high-pitched voice as well. Yeah. We don't know. When they met him for the first time, they were understandably uncomfortable and shocked at his age, but they decided to be careful with intervening as to not push Kelly away. Because their reasoning was, they tried to talk to her about it, and she didn't want to hear it. As you don't when you're in a relationship. A two-year relationship, yeah. When you think that that is, like, you think that this is the person you want to be with for the rest of your life, and he hasn't gotten to an abusive point yet. No. So she was like, no, he's nice. She literally said the words to her mother, I like him, he's nice. So her parents were like, okay, so we could lock her up, but she could sneak out and then not come home. Like, you know, yeah. they were like trying They don't to, want to lose their daughter. They were trying to not lose her to him, but also not push her away towards him further. Yeah. So, you know, it's really easy to be like, if I was them, I would do this, but it's very not You that. don't want to lose your you daughter. You have no idea what you do yeah. until this happens. And they did, what I will say is they tried everything to get her away from him yeah but um i did i forgot to do extra research on this but it said in a few articles that she was so she was 16 at the time and apparently in britain that's like an adult age where the police um in can't intervene some it could be just some i I think it's in some countries yes but not or at that time i'm not sure um but it's it wasn't in very many sources but i so this isn't england because you mentioned manchester yeah yeah so just do legal age (laughs) i can't spell england legal adult age manchester um so basically i saw in a few sources that her mum that her mother was like you know like i tried everything i did try contact yeah um in the uk the age of consent is 16 and that's an article from 2018 yeah so basically she tried contacting the police and they were like look we want to help but she is the legal age to make our own decisions there's not a lot we can do if she wants to stay with him yeah that she they're like you can't force her to stay home you can't force her to be away from him just you know like watch out for her do what you can but if we something can't does happen you. call us but yeah there yeah. was they were trying everything they could without pushing her away as well yeah it was a very difficult situation and i can't imagine being in their place like i can't even imagine it yeah and kelly's mother actually said that when she first met him she immediately felt the compulsion to grab a bread knife and stab him and to this day she's because of course she was like oh my god don't do that like that's crazy but to this day she says that's my biggest regret is not killing him then and there motherly instinct she said kelly would have been mad at me but she would be here 
right yeah. on. It is a really, really sad case. So Kelly began to spend more time alone with Smith, often coming home covered in bruises, one time even coming home with a vicious bite mark on her hand. Oh. So she would just come home, it would be a bruise here and there every now and again, and her parents were obviously seeing this and they're freaking out and they're trying to talk to her about it. She's explaining to her way. She's saying, you know, like I I, I bumped myself, all yeah. this, and it would result in she'd come home in even more bruises, like... The entire side of her face is black, and she then comes home with a massive bite mark on her. So, obviously, they knew what was going on. They're like, Kellyanne, this is bullshit. Like, we know better. And she's like, no, 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 that's not, like, that's not what's happening. You know, like, that's that's what happens in, like, toxic domestic violence situations. Especially when they're that young. They're made to believe that they're the... They're the fault well, to all this abuse. Like, Smith, she's not going to admit that he's the one who did it. And especially him, he was very good at playing it to be not his fault. Like, the way that he... Well, yeah, he's got, like, 30 he years of her. Oh, absolutely. He was a professional by this point. Yeah. Like, he'd had multiple other relationships where he'd just been getting progressively, progressively more, like, worse. Yeah. And more abusive. So, by this point, he was like, you know, like... Better just, getting away You rile me up, like... This is what happens, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that's what it's it's me. It's really it's frustrating not. from an outside perspective because everybody sees it except for the person being abused. But when you're in that position, you sit there because you're the one being mentally tormented and this, manipulated. You sit there, and, yeah. My relationship was nowhere near this bad, but it was like I was being told that it was my fault, and you know, like it was." Like, it, like, I was the reason, and I couldn't leave. And so, like, and in that situation, even even though I knew part of me, like, I was like, it's, like, I want to leave, it's, they make it to the way that you can't cut ties. Yeah. So they treat you nice, they, like, get you absolutely infatuated with them, and then they make it so that you can't just leave. You become dependent on them in yes. every way. Yeah, absolutely. So... She tried to explain to her parents that she just bumped into something or fallen over, but they knew this wasn't the case. They begged her to leave him, but unfortunately, on the 30th of November 1995, Kelly moved into his home on Furnival Road in Gordon, where she lost contact with all of her friends and family. How old was she when she lived in? Um, I believe she was 16. Okay. Yes, 16. Yeah. I'd say. So (laughs) her family received birthday and anniversary cards from the couple on occasion, always written by Smith, never by Kelly. However, they never saw her alive again, and they never spoke to her or saw her alive. From once this she point, moved out? Yeah, once she moved oh. in with him, he cut her off from her entire family. They received cards from the couple, supposedly, but they were never written in by Kelly. Shit. Yep, and so, and a brother, her brother tried showing up to the house to be like, hey, is Kelly home? And Smith went, no, she's not here. Um, and a neighbour checked in and he briefly pointed to the window and said she's there and the neighbour saw her in the window and that was the only contact that anybody even had to like show that she was alive at all. And she was there. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So he, she was completely isolated. Fuck. Here's where it gets... Is this where we put the trigger warning? Uh... No. Okay. This is coming up to that. Okay. So... We are going to talk about the murder now. So, on the 16th of April, 1996, so this was after them living together for about a year. April 16th, 
1996, Smith strolled into his local police station and calmly told authorities that he'd accidentally killed his girlfriend Kelly following an argument. He told authorities that they'd made up and were going at it in the bathtub and she had inhaled water and drowned. There's multiple sources as you, to what he, like, said, what he told them, but, like, that is the general story, is that he said they were going at it in the bathtub and she drowned. No. You, no, that's just not what happened. shit. No. You don't just accidentally kill someone. You just, okay, when you hear about what they found and the state that they found her in, abusers are, like, it, it's insane to me. Because, like, they think that they can convince anyone of anything. Oh, yeah. Like, they think so highly of themselves. Like, let's bring you back. My ex thought that she could literally convince anybody of everything. The things that she oh, would yeah. tell people. And, like, a lot of people believed her. Because she said it in a way. But, like, she'd also, like, yeah, I remember. The like, only reason why I believed her is because I didn't want to hurt you. Yeah, and it was very, I like, didn't want to sever our relationship. But well, now I realise that I... Probably should have said something. Well, the other thing is, is the people who did say something, I wasn't allowed to speak to. So you not doing that allowed me to have some contact with you. Yeah. Because I was obviously, like, she cut me off from a lot of my friends and family. Yeah. So, you know, like, it... But even so, I... You never saw me. I barely saw you. I barely heard of you. If When you messaged me, the replies would be sent from her. Yeah. Yeah, when you called, it had to be on speaker, but I was able to talk to you. Yeah. And that was about the most that I was allowed. And that was the same. But the only private conversations we could have was when, like, the few times that we could meet in person. Mm. Even so, I wouldn't be surprised if she, like, bugged your car or something. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if there was still a bug in my car. (laughs) Like, my new car. Honestly, oh, I God. would not be shocked. Oh, not trying to make light of it, but like I've, you know, like I've gotten out of that now. I'm doing a lot better, but um, it's scary. It's really scary yeah. because I remember I, from about two months in, I was trying to get out of that relationship, and I was with her for ten months. Yeah. So that was eight months of me trying, of me like realizing and getting deeper and deeper. I feel like it was longer. The whole relationship? Yeah. No, so much happened in that time, but it was about 10 months. Yeah. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. I have rebuilt my life. I'm doing better. Actually, yeah, no, now that I think about it, yeah. Mm. It wasn't very long, but the amount that happened in it, it was insane. Yeah. And it all happened very quickly. By the two months, our finances were joined and I wasn't able... That's the thing. They cut you off. They make sure that you have to depend on them. Financially, emotionally. you You can't just leave. No. Like, because when I did leave her... I had nothing. Yeah. I still have debts from that. But you need to understand if you are in this situation, like there is going to be things that are going to be really hard when you leave. And there's going to be things like I still have debts that she left me with. I still have lasting problems that she left me with. But I'm doing better even with all those things, just feeling safe and secure. Yeah. I am doing better now. And yes. if you are in that situation, please, please leave because you can rebuild yourself and you can do so much better without them. You don't need them. You're not... Dependency and love are very different things. Yes. Very different things. And you can find all of it in yourself and in someone who actually will treat you right. So yeah. You don't deserve whatever you're going through right now. So just remember that, please. Yeah. 
Okay, it's gonna get rough. When okay. the police arrived at Smith's home, Kelly was in Kelly's naked body. Now it says some say that she was found in the bathroom, obviously, and they, yeah. a lot of sources say she was found in the bedroom, which doesn't really make sense to me. Right. But she was either found, um, her naked body was either found in the bedroom or bathroom. Yeah. Kind of irrelevant, but I had to put it in. That it, it kind of said, makes more sense to be in the bathroom. It does she make more sense. In the bathroom. Yeah, I don't think that he would have like moved it, but also he's a real big dick. Yeah. And he's kind of stupid. It doesn't make any difference to the story. No, really, but, but I just had to put it in there. It was very obvious, obvious to them at first glance that this was not accidental, and the more they uncovered, the worse it got. William Lawler, the patho- the Lawler, I think William Lawler. The pathologist who examined Kelly's body said, "In my career, I have examined about almost I have examined almost 600 victims of homicide, but I have never come across injuries so extensive." Shit. This is where the trigger warning comes in. If you, I mean, I, this has already been a very triggering case so far. Yeah. But if you are struggling up until this point, I don't recommend listening to what I'm about to tell you, which is her injuries. And everything that she went through in her final moments. So, massive trigger warning. Kelly's blood was found in every single room of the house. And the autopsy report revealed 150 separate injuries. Including crippled, like she'd been crippled. So she had had her knees crushed so that she couldn't walk. And she couldn't escape. Um, She had scalding to her buttocks and left leg. She had burns on her thigh caused by a hot iron. She had a fractured arm, multiple stab wounds made by knives, forks, and scissors. She had stab wounds inside her mouth. She had crush injuries to both hands. So he had hobbled her, crushed her knees, also crushed her hands. She had mutilation of her ears, nose, eyebrows, mouth, lips, and genitalia. She had wounds caused by a spade and pruning shears. She had both eyes gouged out she had stab wounds to the empty eye sockets and she was partially scalped now this is the most horrific part she her eyes had been ripped out by force so by someone's hands and she had had her empty eye sockets stabbed the pathologist determined that her eyes had been removed not less than five days and not more than three weeks before her death. So she could have been living with her eyes, as well as all of those injuries, with her eyes gouged out for up to three weeks and then later on having stab wounds in the empty eye sockets as well. No less than five days before her death. So at least five days she was living with her eyes gouged out. During the last month of her life, she'd been kept bound by ligatures or by her hair, to a radiator and other furniture around the house. She'd lost around 20 kilos of weight from starvation and had been deprived of water for several days before her death. Her cause of death was drowning immediately after she had been beaten unconscious with a shower head. The leading prosecutor in Smith's trial, Peter Openshaw, stated her death must have been a merciful end to her torment. Which is true. She, she, I'd say she would have been begging to be just let go so that and unfortunately this is how some domestic violence cases end and it is horrific how do 
how long did you say she was locked up for? Between when she moved in and when she died? Several months. So she was being extensively tortured for several months. So I'd say it's probably started like around immediately as soon as she moved in. Because as soon as she moved yeah. in, he would have been like, gotcha. Well, she was already doing it before then, but just not to yeah. that severe. And when she moved in, he cut her off immediately from everyone. So that's when he would have started, like, just started brutalising her. So she'd been tortured for months on end. And she'd been starved, deprived of water, and, yeah, tortured. And then the days before her death were the worst. I'm going to say this really quickly. If you know anyone or have anyone in your life who suddenly just cuts contact with anyone and everyone including yourself and like their family please it it doesn't matter if they are being abused or not call someone to check up on them because that could be the difference between them surviving or and not the thing is they it was really rough in this case because he was so good at it they did try everything they had people go to the house they tried to get in and he wouldn't let them in so once she moved in there he got her like that was it that was the absolute point where there was nothing more they could do and they would have people, like, they'd call the police to go check on them, and they were like, we can't do anything, we're sorry. She's of legal age to make that decision for herself. So I believe there should have been a welfare check done by the police because they are the only ones who could have really forced entry into his house, and they would have seen what he they was doing They should have to gotten her. some sort of warrant or something. I, think, I believe it was very hard for them to do that, but I think there could have been something. Hopefully anything. it's easier now at least. Yeah, hopefully. Just... Yeah, it's it's really... I mean, people like this, they are so good at what they do. So good at what they do. And it's very hard to, like, pull someone out of that when they just... Like, he's been, he'd been working his entire life towards this. Yeah. So, this piece of absolute garbage. Smith denied murder and claimed Kelly would, quote-unquote, put me through hell winding me up. And when asked why he mutilated her, Smith stated Kelly had dared him to do it and he didn't do anything she didn't want him to. So this fucking trash of human tried to play this off as you like know a what we should do? BDSM thing. We should do everything he did to Kelly, but to him. I would love to personally gout his eyes out. That hurts me the most. Yeah. Like, you saw me sitting here, I was like grabbing at my face... Petition to kill him. Yeah. Let's start a petition. I think so. <laughs> He's currently running in prison, but good. I don't think that that's enough for him. It is not. I don't... I, mm. The only thing that's good enough for him is torture. And yeah. I wholeheartedly believe yeah. that. Let's go back to the medieval times. Let's go. Yes. Petition oh to go God. back to the medieval times. Not that bull. The, the, I was just thinking that. Or the thing where you tie um, horses to the person's limb and they all run in separate directions and the limbs go flying. I think we could do that. I think yeah. we could manage that. There's also the um, Bloody Eagle. That one's from, um, yeah, uh, is it uh, Vikings? Yep. Yep. I think... I'm not going to explain what a Bloody Eagle is, but if you want to know, search it up. It's gory, so... I think that we should do something. Yes. Because I don't think rotting in prison is enough for this monster. No. So, the jury found 49-year-old... James Patterson Smith, he was 49, not 32, 
The jury found 49-year-old James Patterson Smith guilty on all charges after one hour of deliberation, sentencing him to life imprisonment on the 19th of November 1997. Kelly was only 17 years old at the time of her murder. Fuck. She was only 17. She wouldn't have even finished high school. No. And before this, she was bubbly, energetic. She was outgoing. She had so many friends. She was sporty. She had her life ahead of her. And this monster took it away from her. The judge, Mr. Justice Sachs, said, This has been a terrible case, a catalogue of depravity by one human being upon another. You are a highly dangerous person. You are an abuser of women, and I intend so far as it is in my power that you will abuse no more. Good. Yeah. Fucking good. Now, this is something that is, like, unprecedented in, like, jury-decided cases. Every juror was offered counselling after the trial, and every single juror accepted. After seeing the photographic evidence of Kelly's injuries. So they had to see the photos of her injuries. And every single juror that was on that case accepted the counselling. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. I, like, I'm a horror freak. I love horror movies, and I love SFX makeup and all that. I don't think, even I don't think I could look at those. Yeah, and um, I don't have this quote like in here, but this is what her dad said. Um, Kelly's dad after this said, "People called him an animal, but but an animal wouldn't do that to another, wouldn't inflict this much pain on another animal." No, I don't have the exact quote, but that was what he was saying. Yeah, and he would, they wouldn't. No, like this is just a whole other world of torture and depravity. It's. Like, there is nothing you can compare him to. It is so hard to, like, wrap your brain around him him as a, like, person. So, after Kelly's death, Kelly's parents set up the SAMM, which is the Support After Murder and Manslaughter Group, in her honour, providing support meetings and events for other families also going through the aftermath of murder and manslaughter cases. They are so strong for that. Absolutely, yeah. I... Props to them, I couldn't... Yeah. And this is just, like, a little side note, but, um... They had, like, a family home growing up that was torn down to make a grocery store. And, um, Kelly's mum then worked checkout at that grocery store for years, and right up until she passed away. And she would... She's told in an interview... That she loved to work the checkout because she overlooked the floor and could remember where their living room was. And it made her feel closer to Kelly. Yeah. And when she passed away, there was, like, all the workers at the grocery store, the entire community, just, like, they held her, like, vigils for her. Because she was just an absolute icon in the community. Like, she had a heart of gold and Kelly had the same. And she was taken away far too early. So, like I said, I will leave some domestic violence resources in the show notes. Please don't feel like you can't get out because you can. And obviously this is where this is sort of like the worst that it can possibly go. But it can go like this. And it does. It does. So just 
please don't convince yourself that no matter what they're doing to you, it won't get worse. Because, as like I said like previously, it starts as a tap. It. it starts as just like every now and then. And it gets worse. It escalates. So don't, don't convince yourself that you're not worth more than what they say you are. This is probably the hardest case I'm ever going to do, honestly. Probably. But I thought that it was just so important. And I know it's really, really rough. And I apologise to anybody who's listened to this. But I think that it's very important to show people what can happen with domestic violence cases because it does happen but at the same time attention needs to be brought to it otherwise Absolutely. people would sit there and be like and they they wouldn't know what's going on and like that i also think that this is like so jarring that it's such like a big awakening and some people sit in abusive relationships and go oh it's not that bad it's not abusive but, like, to outsiders, they go, yeah. Yeah, so... I, mean, I was in a relationship that didn't end up abusive, but I could see the red flags that it would. So, like, without attention being brought to that, I wouldn't know what the red flags were. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't have been able so to get out of it. So, if you are in this situation, please ask for help. There's so many people willing to help you. Yes. And you deserve so much better. You do. So wholeheartedly, I think that they really is a very important case, especially with the pandemic going on and so many people being trapped inside with their abuser. Yeah. Which is so scary to think about. Like, it's a very, you know, like check on your friends. Yes. Check on your friends. It doesn't take long and it could be, could make the difference. Yeah. So this has been a rough case. Um, I will post photos of beautiful Kelly and her family because they are all just such beautiful people and I will post the picture of the garbage unspeakable monster he's not even human at this point he's not he's not he's, he also looks you can you look at him and his eyes are you can so tell. dead yeah my god his eyes are the scariest I've ever seen and like a lot of podcasts will be like oh my god they were so scary like but they just look like normal people. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, with um, my fucking Australian... Yeah, they kind of like... Yeah. I, I, do, I probably wouldn't think anything of them in the they street, They look but like fucking Aussies! looks like a monster inside. Yeah. Like, his eyes are so dead. And you, you guys will see. So, yeah. that will be on the Insta at Morbid Podcast. Morbid? <laughs> you said Morbid! <laughs> I can't! My brain is so dead! Do you want me to finish it up? Yes. Okay. I'm um, so sad, guys. You... I literally need to go cry after this. Do you want to take a break? No, we just have to finish up. Okay. Podcast. It's okay. Um, but also, Morbid Podcast is a fucking amazing podcast. Morbid is really Please reply to my videos. I love you. My inspiration. Oh, my God. Um, so sad. Go check out the post at, on our Instagram at Terra Astralis Podcast. Follow us there and on TikTok by the same handle. Um, send us any of your own little terror tales, so your, um, home murders, or any serial killers or conspiracy theories you want us to do. Or if um, you need help, and yes. you don't have access to, like, Please. a phone. If you, there is resources where you can email groups, but if you don't have access to a phone, and you're just listening to this, email us, we will help you. Please do. Um. At terrorastralspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. 
Um, I when we first started this podcast, I like described it as like I described us as like your online best friends, mm-hmm. and I wholeheartedly mean that. We Absolutely, will be there for you. Um, but yeah, so email us terrorstylistpodcast at gmail.com and yeah if you need to check out any of the hotlines listed in yep so i'm going to link a website that has everything for whatever country you're in so it has all of the links for your individual country so wherever you are in the world there is help there is people who want to help you so just you're not alone no um thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the flip side Bye, Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.